Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, welcome to the podcast today. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host. And our guest today is Todd Moorhead. Todd is the co-creator and producer of a powerful documentary just released this year called Hope in the Holy Land. It's a film that follows Todd on his journey to the Holy Land, where he delves deep into the Israel-Palestinian conflict. And so we want to just talk a little bit about that subject today and kind of get to the heart of, uh, of this issue of the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Todd, welcome to the show today. It's great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Well, we are going to uh, have some discussion here, and I know that uh, you know this is something that's close to your heart. It's also something that I've been very, very not just intrigued about, but I think learning about over the last number of years as well. Uh, the Israel-Palestinian conflict is often a very polarizing topic. No, let's not say often. It's always a very polarizing topic right. uh, within Christian communities and around the world in general. So I want to know, what is it that prompted you to take a closer look at the conflict? You know, why, why another film about the Israel-Palestinian conflict? Yeah, um, uh, co Co-creator and producer Justin Crone and I really felt that Israel had been unfairly portrayed, not only in the media, but also within the evangelical community with uh, some of the films and documentaries they put out uh, in the last decade. And we felt that there needed to be a film about the conflict that was much more balanced and truthful. Um, so that's part one. And then the other part of it was that I was, you know, it was very, it is very natural for me and it has been very natural for me to love the Jewish people. Uh, but I was challenged by somebody who said, well, what about the Palestinians? And that question really sent me on a journey of discovery of gaining God's heart for the Palestinian people, what that looks like. And that's all documented in the film. And so really we wanted to make a, a film that was more accurate, um, more, uh, less, <laughs> the least biased film we could possibly make, and one that conveys God's heart for both Jews and Arabs living in the land, because they both matter deeply to him. Yes, absolutely. Now, tell us a little bit more about the film itself. How how did you guys film this? What was your role? And just give us kind of a general overview. I, I think people will want to know. And also, uh, you can let us know where people can find it as well. Great. Um, yes. So uh, I was one of the producers and creators, and I'm also the main character of the film that the, that the story is told through. Um, so we had the other other producer creator, Justin Crone, um, and we set out a number of years ago. It was about seven years ago that we actually thought of the idea that we saw a film. Um, it was called With God on Our Side, and we thought, well, we have got to make a film to counter this. So we set mm -hmm. out to do that, and um, we did three trips to Israel, 2016, 2017, and 2018, to film. Um and we had a, really, we had a skeleton crew and we had five guys at the most, um, with a counting of producers. I didn't produce it all in the field because I was, I was, I, I produced at home, but when we got to Israel, I was, um, I was just behind the camera 
and um, right. and then we just had a director of photography, uh, amazing director and editor, and just an amazing team and a and an audio guy. And so that was our little film crew. Um, and uh, the other question is where to get the film. You can go to hopeintheholyland.com and you can see right on the homepage all the sites that you can get it on, uh, all the platforms, Vimeo, like video on demand. We have Vimeo, of course, Apple TV, YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, Salem Now, uh, just to name some, some of them there. Excellent. And uh, I watched it personally on Apple TV and powerful, powerful film. Um, and I want to just recommend if you're listening, if you're watching today, um, it's not very much to go out and rent this or even purchase it. And I would encourage you to uh, to check it out called Hope in the Holy Land. And um, it is really an amazing perspective on the Israel-Palestinian conflict. And I think especially from, uh, you know, a, a Christian's perspective. Yeah, I, real quick, I would encourage people if if they want to watch it to even to buy it. Because what happens is I've heard it numerous times. I rented it and I wish I bought it because I, I have got to see it again. Um, so that's my encouragement to people in hindsight of what people have said to me. Well, I concur. I also rented it, and uh, now I'm going to go back and purchase it because. Uh, <laughs> so then you uh, end up doing both. But thank you. Yeah. yeah well, there you go. You just <laughs> you if, if you didn't us. say thank that to people, much, then you'd, you'd end up, you know, right. getting more sales. But uh, uh, no, it's good that you make that recommendation. Uh, give us yeah. just a sort of an overview because you guys, you have, there's a number of chapters, and and you sort of approach this this issue from some some interesting angles. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we wanted to do, uh, we wanted to get boots on the ground perspective. We wanted to go talk to the people and our, our director was, um, was very influential in putting me in the most uncomfortable situations I could be in. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I kind of just had to trust him with it. Um, but we would go to, uh, on the Israel side, we would go into Tel Aviv or Jerusalem or somewhere. And we would ask man on the street questions. We'd ask Israelis questions like, growing up, what did you learn about the Palestinians? Um, do most Israelis hate the Palestinians? What percent? Stuff like that. Uh, and then we'd go into the Palestinian side, actually starting in East Jerusalem and then going east into the West Bank or Judea, Samaria. And we would ask a set of questions for the Palestinians. We would ask things like uh, the inverse of those questions. Growing up, what did you um, what did you learn or what did you think about Israel? Do most Palestinians hate Israelis? And then we would actually ask them a set of conspiracy theory questions. Um, for example, did the Holocaust happen? Were the Jews responsible for 9-11? Uh, actually, I, I got them here. Let me, let me read them to you because they're pretty. Yes. Uh, do you believe the Jews were the ones who attacked Israel? Yeah. So that was 9-11. Do you believe the stabbing attacks a few years ago were faked by the Israeli government? And hmm. do you believe that Jews are sons of apes and pigs? And all of those conspiracy questions were answered in the affirmative, except for the Holocaust, which it was a no question, meaning, do you believe the Holocaust happened? And many of them said no. Wow. Um, and do you, or, or they would say, if it did happen, or I believed it happened, but the numbers were way smaller, um, they actually escalated the numbers to when 
world sympathy so they could come and take over our country and occupy us. That, that was, that was a response we got everywhere we went in, um, in the territory. So we, you know, you, you hear all these things and growing up and learning about it. I, it's not like I was a clean slate. I've been to Israel 30 times, uh, but I had never gone and talked to people on the ground like that and got mm. really uncomfortable. And, uh, and, and there were some amazing things cause I just met people and I met families and I had, I shared meals with, um, both Israelis and Palestinians and, um, and it, it was really cool because meeting, meeting the people, uh, it, it just, it did, it did something really special in my heart of tearing down the walls that I had in the animosity I had towards the Palestinians. Yeah. You know, uh, a shared experience in some ways. I've I've been going to Israel for many years as well, and uh, but for the last five or so, I've been uh, you know intentionally visiting a number of Christian ministries and organizations that we work with, both in Israel proper and in the West Bank. And um, in Israel proper, we have a number of of Arab ministries as well. And what I've been learning, uh, you know, just just as I reflected when you were talking, I've been learning that that uh, many of the Arab Christians um, actually it becomes evident in conversation and sharing with them that there's still this kind of irritation uh, almost between them and the Jews. Some are very vocal about it. Uh, others, you know, you just kind of can catch it around the edges. It's, 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 as I said, a very polarizing issue. Um, I wonder, you know, with your interviewing of both Palestinians and Israelis, all of the questions you asked, did you come away thinking in your opinion that, that Israelis and Palestinians hate each other? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. When we would ask that before before I tell you my answer, I want to tell you what they they actually told me. So mm-hmm. when we would be in Israel, be it Tel Aviv or somewhere else, Jerusalem it didn't really matter. Um, the answer we got was about maybe five percent. If you if you watch the movie, you could say uh, with all the interviews, maybe five percent paid Israel. And the people that we interviewed said, no, I don't hate Israel. I actually, I, I feel that they need to live in peace and they should have their own land. Very gracious, actually, towards the Palestinians. Uh, and then on the flip side, when you go into the West Bank and you ask, do you hate Israelis? Almost entirely, uh, they would say yes. There's a couple mm-hmm. that would say, no, we don't hate Israel or we don't hate Jews, we hate Zionists. And I then I realized, oh, a Jew's okay with them as long as they have no national aspirations. But the moment they actually believe that the, the you know Israel is their Jewish homeland, that's the problem. And so um, that was the more gracious side of their answer. The other, <laughs> the other was a flat out yes, we hate them. And some when you see them film, you'll you'll see some pretty chilling interviews of people who just say they they'll take it they'll kill a Zionist or kill an Israeli if they get the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly yeah. matter so, of fact. So to recap, that hate is not, it's not equal. And what I think people do when people dip into the conflict and let's say they do a film, but they're not, they don't want to be an expert in it. They want to do a film and they kind of dip in and dip out. 
I've noticed that they come away with, oh, they're both really screwed up. It's kind of like this moral equivalency of like Israelis have done this, Palestinians have done this. They both hate each other. Um, hmm. End of the day. And that's just, it's just not the case. It's not the reality on the ground. Yeah. I think that's great clarification. And, and, uh, you know, I'd say that's our experience as well. And when, when we talk, of course, we talk to many evangelical believers or, or Christian believers, and, um, None of them would say they hate in either direction. But uh, as I was mentioning, I, I do still pick up some angst uh, sometimes uh, back and forth, more more from the Arab side than than the Jewish side. But uh, still, it's very, very intriguing to me. And, uh, you know, as, as followers of, of Jesus, um, in my mind, things are fairly simple. But, you know, as we watched, as I watched your movie, there was the one gentleman that you interviewed who, you know, talked about this other theology. I can't remember exactly uh, the term he used, but, you know, they've Palestinian taken... Palestinian liberation theology. Palestinian liberation theology. And they've taken the Bible yeah. and they've kind of, in my mind, you know, mm -hmm. twisted it to sort of fit their, their narrative. And um, it's not on the list of questions, but, but what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, that became very apparent that they twist their they twist the Bible to fit their narrative. Um, when I was interviewing the gentleman who represents Palestinian liberation theology, and it's just like liberation, it's it's a it's really an offshoot of the liberation theology that started, I believe, in South America. Um, so it's not a it's not a new thing per se, but their their theology um, gets rid of anything that is. Jewish or Zionist. Hmm. And so the gentleman actually said to me, he said, this is, he said, this is why we don't believe that the Exodus story is a liberating story to liberate one people at the expense of another is not, it, it didn't fit his theology. So right. he's got a real problem. He has to throw it out. Um, it's very, it's very cheap. It's, it's, it's much like, Gosh, it's much like the social justice movement is going on, which is not a biblical social justice movement. It's a it's a cultural one that where cultural te culture tells you what to do, and if the Bible doesn't fit that, you throw it out. Mm -hmm. um, which I think Christians are slipping into. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very, very interesting. Uh, but you know, go, going back, I think there's a, a, a interesting distinction between some of the Arabs that I met and uh, Arab Christians and others. And you'll see it in the film, but I did interview some Arab Christians who love Israel and they read the whole Bible and they believe that they are grafted into a Jewish covenant and they're grateful. They have a grateful heart. Mm -hmm. uh, they have an attitude of gratitude towards the Jewish people and they have Jewish friends, Israeli friends. They get along great. Um, that Then you have the Christians who are replacement the, um, theology Christians who believe that when, when the Jews did not accept Jesus, when he first came, when he came, they forfeited all their blessings mm -hmm. and that there are no future national aspirations for uh, national ethnic Israel. So they actually believe the Jews don't belong in the land and that they are, they'll, they'll fall into the, the they'll call them colonial colonialists or occupiers so there's a big difference when theology guides the way you interact with people mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, it is amazing. And and I would say that, you know, our experience has been, um, you know, the, the Arab Christians who we work with uh, are very much uh, of the, uh, you know, the, the ilk and the belief that uh, Israelis, uh, that Jewish people belong in their Israel homeland and that they are grateful to be part of God's covenant and and uh, supportive and, and so on. Um we we really do appreciate Great. the uh, the spirit in which uh, you know they they operate. Now here's here's the the big question. Here's the the million dollar question: Do you see the Palestinians as victims of injustice? And if so, what's what's the cause of Palestinian suffering in your perspective? Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, they are victims of injustice. Uh, I saw it with my own eyes. Uh, but the answer may surprise you of what I found. Uh, they are victims of their own corrupt government being the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. So if you're in Gaza, you're under Hamas. They're victims of, of, of Hamas there. If you're in the West Bank, you're under the Palestinian Authority, the PA. It's a very, they're both very corrupt. Uh, mm -hmm. One is more probably corrupt than the other. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. One's more violent than the other, but they're both violent as well. Right. Um, so you have that. You have um, the radical Islam, the radical Islamic ideology that dominates their society. They are now victims of that because that is perpetuating this conflict. Antisemitism is rampant in their culture and they're becoming victims of that as well. And, and then lastly, the continued Palestinian rejection of living next to Jews. And all of all four of these things are perpetuating the conflict. They're causing Palestinians to say no to every peace deal ever, um, ever proposed. And that goes way back. That goes before the state of Israel. Yep. And uh, it's just making it worse. It's, it's throwing fuel on the fire. So mm -hmm. I don't believe that the Palestinians are um, so much uh, oppressed by Israel. There are some things that happen for sure. I mean, we I think you need to be honest that Israel's by no means perfect. No country is. Um, they have they have some things that they need to do better, and and you'll see that in the film. Um, but um, by a long shot, the Palestinians are suffering because of their own. Um, their own own cultural uh, their own culture. Yeah. No, and I I completely agree. You know, Israel isn't perfect. We've always said that in our conversations with uh, with people about this issue. But uh, you know, if we are looking at the the big picture, you know, I, I think about my my uh, theology professors when I was going through uh, you know Bible college, and and they would talk about understanding the Bible. You know, they would say, you can't just take uh, an isolated scripture and sort of make that your theology. You have to look at the uh, the term was the whole counsel of God. You know, look at everything the Bible says, and then you know, understand each, each scripture in, in the, the context that it's written and with the greater perspective of, of what the Bible says. And I think when we look at this issue, we have to be the same way. We have to, we can't just take isolated incidents and form opinions. We have to look at the entire picture and know that, uh, that overall, you know, Israel is, is operating 
morally. They are operating as a, as a democracy. They are operating with the human rights of, of their citizens in mind, all of those things. But yes, they're not perfect. And uh, that this Palestinian suffering or injustice uh, largely, almost, almost exclusively comes at the hand of their corrupt leadership. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I, you know, when I first, when I first started to watch uh, the, the movie, I, I was, you know, a little uncomfortable. I was thinking, okay, are these guys going to come out and say, uh, you know, some things that I don't agree with or whatever? But, but as time right. went on, um, it was it was just uh, amazing the perspective that you bring, and it only helped to uh, you. you know to underscore many of my own uh, personal feelings. And you know, as evangelical believers who love Israel, there is that tendency to to um, to despise, uh, you know, the Palestinians or to, to have, uh, cast aspersions that way and, and always be negative and, and some of those kind of things. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been uh, guilty of that myself in earlier years, mm -hmm. but there's nothing like going to the country in order to, you know, fully understand, uh, what's happening. And, uh, I think that you guys have depicted that in just an amazing way. Thank you. Now, you mentioned something when we were talking about liberation theology. You mentioned, you know, that that um, they would say they have no issues with Jews, only with Zionists. Uh, help us with that sort of that demarcation. You know, what's what's the difference, and are there many Jews in in Israel who would who would not consider themselves uh, Zionists? I, help us yeah, with that. Yeah, so it, bit. it wasn't um, it wasn't said by a liberation. Theologian. It was just said by a Palestinian. That it was one of the man on the street interviews where um, I heard this, and I heard it probably. Ah, I think I heard sorry. it a couple times. Um, yeah. So, I theoretically, I guess they would say, "Yeah, I, I, I don't hate Jews, but I hate Zionists." And what they're saying is, "I hate those people who feel that this, they, you know, this land is um, their homeland, and they want to have sovereignty mm -hmm. over it." And I hate them. So uh, it's kind of a, it's, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. I, uh, it, it was, I actually, when I heard it, I, it was new for me. I didn't realize what was going on until it took a couple of seconds. Oh, okay. I see there's a line, there's a line. So there, there are, mm -hmm. and, and in it, in Israel, you have plenty of, um, Israelis who aren't Zionists, you have Israelis that are everything. And that I think in every community, you can find people who represent nearly every belief. And in the Jewish community, that's, that's the same. Um, hmm. I mean, there's some people in, in, in Israel, Jewish Israelis that are against the state of Israel. So, you know, go figure, but there are, and, yeah. they, but they live in a free <laughs> society. And so right. they're allowed to express their opinions. Um, yeah. So this kind of, it's just a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. And and it's amazing. You know, Israeli democracy gives them the freedom to hold those views and express those views and, and uh, believe the way that they do. And I think that's, uh, you know, a, a real um, uh, commendation for, for Israeli society in general. Now, let's talk about the settler issue. You know, we we have these, you know, quote unquote, disputed territories. And um, 
settlers and settlements, how do they impact the peace process? You know, is is Zionism a, a colonization movement the way it's sometimes depicted in the media? Yeah. So I'll tell you what I found. I uh, before the before all the filming trips, before I did the film, I had I would say I had a negative depiction of settlers. Um, it wasn't overly like it wasn't too negative because I, I do love the Jewish people. I have a soft spot for them. So, but it was negative in the sense that, um, yeah, maybe they're bullies and and they're you know they walk around with their guns and and they're causing all this trouble and they just go stake out a hill and claim it for themselves and they chop down mm-hmm. Palestinian olive groves and and that sort of thing. Um, and that is there. That is, and you'll see in the film that is a fringe movement within the society. But um, the 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 settlers that I met, um, they were very nice, very caring. They actually engaged with their Palestinian neighbors, and they worked to, together, and they did business ventures together, and they it, they they more or less did life together. Um. Hmm. And so we're, I actually saw them as a, an important piece to the peace process because they're the ones that are bridging the gap. So what happens is in the West Bank or Judea, Samaria, outside of the, the settlements, um, you, just get, you just get Arab communities and um, primarily Arab communities. And then there's the settlements as well. And so there, there's this... Because there's a, a wall that divides those societies now, a security, a security barrier, Palestinians don't often go into or don't easily go into Israel. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there isn't this interaction anymore. Now, there are workers that there's a lot of workers that go in, but there's still not this interaction that used to be. So it's given this hatred, this hatred is developed for Israelis and they don't see them as Jew- people anymore. They see them as like caricatures. Um, they're the right. other. They're the enemy. And what they do see often is just the soldiers because it's it's a they see a military force there. So they don't interact with Jews. Now, well, when you go into the settlements, uh, you, you see like in the film, we went to a couple different um, industrial areas. And where seventy-five percent of the workforce are Palestinians, and they're working for an Israeli company, where they earn five times right. more the amount of money they would earn in a Palestinian company, and they really do life together. They work together every week, um, and so that that brings an element of peace when there's economic prosperity and there's interaction between each other and relationship that brings that brings peace um so i see the settlers as a intricate part of that which you will not hear you will not hear in the media that the media would say the settlements are the problem and they're actually taking up palestinian land now there are that that is an aspect of they are taking up more land um, mm-hmm. But again, this is Judea and Samaria as well. <laughs> this is historic biblical Judea and Samaria. Judea, uh, the, yeah. the, it's like Jew Judea. So um, 
there's two sides to that argument. And, and, and on right. the other side, you have Israel that has uh, nearly 2 million Arab citizens living there where they, they have full Israeli citizenship and they benefit from the Israeli society. Um, so there's plenty of interaction there. Why can't there be on the other side as well? Mm -hmm. I think you uh, you actually brought out another point that we want to just chat a little bit about when you talked about these industrial areas and the many Palestinians who work for Israeli companies, um, both both in Israel proper and in uh, in the West Bank. Boycott, divestment, and sanctions. You know, when when we are are boycotting these kinds of businesses, it's actually not only hurting Israelis, it's hurting Palestinians, right? I would say primarily it hurts Palestinians. Um, yeah. Because uh, with boycott, divest, and sanction, um, the Palestinians lose their jobs. So if there's international pressure to shut down an Israeli plant, um, mm -hmm. well, the, those Palestinians lose their jobs. And where they were making amazing incomes, I, I talked to one guy you'll see in the film. He put his three daughters through university. Yeah. One guy, one guy was like 22 and he has a bigger house. He has a way bigger house than me. Um, and he's only 22. And it's because he works in these, he works in these um, Israeli owned companies. So if you, if you boycott that and you say that you're actually boycotting it because you believe that the Palestinians are suffering, you're actually causing their suffering. So if you say you care about the Palestinians, you will not be behind boycott, divest, and sanctions. Um, it is not a good thing. It doesn't accomplish the goals that um, the goals that they want, or maybe it does. It, I for for BDS people in the BDS movement, I think primarily at the top, they they actually hate Israel more than they love their own people. I think that's what it comes down to. So hmm. it does hurt Israelis if you boycott because. You, their products aren't being bought. Um, but if they're forced to move like SodaStream was, then they'll just go somewhere else, maybe down to the Negev down south and open up a different factory. Right. But it's it's a long ways now for the Palestinians who are uh, who are working all those years at your factory. And you you've yeah. <laughs> now they don't have a job. Yeah, it's it's very very tough. And you said something there that that resonates. You know, you said the people at the top maybe hate Israel more than they love their own people, and um, often I f I find that BDS is is more about the you know the the fury th that can be generated and the you know the the angst and the conflict and the 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for the protests and the anger. It's more about that and sort of whipping people into that that um, uh, angry attitude towards the Jewish people. It's anti-Semitism is all it is. And it sometimes seems to be more about that than it is even about, you know, boycotting products and, and hurting Israeli companies in, in my estimation. And I agree. I think that I think that that what you just said, you know, they, they hate Israel more than they love their own people. That's profound. And, uh, you know, I think that if you're if you're watching and listening today and you think BDS is a good idea, you need to really think about that statement because um, it's not only uh, Israeli companies or, or Jews who are, are hurting because of this. 
the Palestinians are hurting more because they have more to lose. And I think that that's, that's really kind of key in this discussion. Yeah. And we actually have, we, we lifted the BDS section out of the film. I mean, it's in the film, but we, we put it on our um, Facebook page for people to see that, that one section. So if you're interested in just learning about the BDS movement, um, go to Hope in the Holy Land, um, the Hope in the Holy Land Facebook page, and you can actually watch it there. It's really insightful. Perfect. Yeah, I recommend you go do that because it really is an excellent part of the film and uh, you would learn a lot. Now you have a, we're, we're going to wrap up here shortly. You've got a quote on your, on your Hope in the Holy Land website from Ellie Weasel. It says, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor and never the tormented. Uh, what does this quote mean to you personally in relationship to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and, and all that you've learned? Uh, yeah, it's a really good quote. Um, so the film wants to give voice to those Palestinians who are suffering and who are willing to tell the truth of why they're suffering for those reasons, uh, you know, the corrupt government, all that stuff that we talked about. So to mm. give platform and and put eyes on that and let the world see what's really going on. That's part of being for the oppressed. Um, I, I think that we need to stand for truth at the same time. So if the Palestinian narrative says, no, we're occupied by Israel and that's why we're, that's why we're suffering. Well, th I don't believe that's true, but I love them and I want to help them. So um, we want, you know, we want to get that out there. So that's one of the aspects of the film. And then on the other side, uh, the world is mounting once again against Israel. Um, and we saw that in the last conflict in May, where yeah. Hamas, Hamas is almost seen as a, uh, like a, <laughs> like an underdog kind of Robin Hood or something. I don't know. It's just really, really yeah. messed up. And Israel is really being portrayed as that evil occupier um, that is wrong. That is, is very anti-Semitic. Um, and I believe it's much like, you know, prior to the Holocaust as Christians, we need to, we need to rise up. We need to speak out. We need to speak the truth and we need to share God's heart yeah. for both people in truth. Excellent. And now uh, having gone through this whole sort of dialogue discussion, documentary, um, what side did you come out on? Uh, how has your perspective changed? Yeah, well, there's there it's been changed. Um, my perspective primarily changed with my heart towards the Palestinians, yeah. and I, and I'm still on this journey. It's going to be a lifelong journey, but God has changed my heart um, towards them and how I see them, how I view them, and it, it went from more of a animosity because they hate my friends, right? The, the, the enemy of mm -hmm. your friends is your, you could be your enemy. You can see them that right. way. And that's how I saw them. And now it's, it's, it's more of like, I, I have a burden. I have a burden for them. They've been, they've been duped. Um, we, as, as a believer, I, I, be, I believe strongly in the spiritual realm. And I believe that Satan hates anything that God loves. Um, 
Right. He loves the Jews and he also loves the Palestinians as much. You know, they're the same. Yeah. Uh, but he he wants to he wants to confuse people and he wants to bring out that hatred. And so, um, yeah, I just <laughs> it's my heart towards my heart towards the Palestinians has, has really changed now towards Israel. Um, I. Yeah, there were some changes towards this, the settlers, I would say, and and seeing is believing and, and meeting the settlers um, mm-hmm. and seeing their lifestyle and and their interaction with with Palestinians really changed my perspective of them as well. Um, but I still love the Jewish people very much. It's very much a part of my life um, that didn't change one bit. Uh, and I love the Palestinians more than I did before, and I'm and I'm loving them more. So, uh, it's, it's, um, I would say it's a really important journey. And I noticed that it's, I'm not unique. And I think you said that you kind of felt that same way at times towards Palestinians. I, I have found that Christians who love Israel, um, most often don't have God's heart for the Palestinians as well. They kind of Mm -hmm. see them as whatever the enemy possibly. And, um, so the challenge is to my own camp to gain God's heart for the Palestinians. And then, yeah. and then for, and then for the, uh, those who call themselves Christians and do not have God's heart for Israel and think they're evil occupiers and all that, that whole narrative, this film will challenge you in that to gain God's heart, um, for Israel. Yeah. It challenges both sides. We try to really make everybody mad. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> 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 well, it's that makes it that makes it a very balanced approach, and I think that uh, that that's kind of the genius of of this film, and and uh, really commend you guys for doing it. We actually talked to uh, to Justin as well uh, on one of these podcasts, and had a great conversation with him too. Uh, Todd, is there any hope for peace in the Holy Land? Um, I believe that there is. Uh, well, okay, certainly that. I believe that Jesus is the ultimate hope for the land Hmm. and that he will fulfill his promises um, to the Jewish people and he will bring peace. We're coming up on uh, Christmas and that Isaiah nine, six passage to us. The son is given to us. The son is born. And the, and and verse seven talks about um, the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father. Uh, He has that aspect coming. When Jesus comes back, he will rule and reign. He will rule and reign the nations from Israel. Um, So that is our ultimate peace. And as as Christians, we need to be peacemakers as well. Now, there is very practical things that we can get behind. And that one of those would be to be be totally against BDS and to fight it. To um, expose it for what it is. And it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. So expose it. It's not the truth. It's not helping anybody. It's not going to bring peace ever. It's right. only going to bring harm. Uh, and two, the, the real peace is coming that uh, with um, business ventures and, and Palestinians and, and Jews working together and profiting together. Um, and we're seeing this in the Abraham Accords. Now, Not it's not just the Palestinians that uh, we're, they're opening up to. They have signed you know, a number of agreements with the, the mm-hmm. Islamic Arab Islamic world. And, um, it's amazing what's happening. Prosperity is happening yeah. on both sides and they're benefiting. And that is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, all great perspectives, and uh, we're on the same we're on the same journey, the same track. I I would uh, you know add to that, expose BDS as a lie, and also uh, you know as Christian believers, understand your connection to to biblical Israel and and to the Jewish people, and and bless and support Israel, and and I would say also you know. Christian ministries in Israel. We, uh, as a as a ministry, are advocating on behalf of many of those and helping to support many of those. And we would encourage you to, you know, check out our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com. If you want to donate and help Christian ministries in the land of Israel, we can certainly help you do that. And we would encourage you to check it out. And also, uh, you know, go and either... Uh, buy or rent. We, we recommend buying because you're going to end up buying it anyway. Uh, this movie, <laughs> uh, hope for the Holy land.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, hope in the Holy land.com. Hope in the Holy land.com. Make sure we get yeah. that right. And uh, I would encourage you to just do that support, uh, Justin and Todd's film. It's an amazing work. And, uh, Todd, thanks so much for being with us on the podcast today. It's been great to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. It's been really good. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Israel. That meaningful name is mentioned more than 2,300 times in the Bible. It is from this land, nation, and people that Christianity emerged some 2,000 years ago. But since that time, Christianity has become mostly disconnected from Israel, and without an understanding of the Jewishness of Jesus and our Hebraic foundations, so much of the depth and meaning of the Bible is lost. First Century Foundations is committed to helping Christians reconnect and stay connected to Israel. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view our TV programs and weekly video podcasts, Keeping It Israel. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. Let's reconnect to Israel and stay connected. Find out more at firstcenturyfoundations.com.